Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth, and I am sitting here in Taiwan, still under our soft lockdown for our strange late surge of COVID infections compared to the rest of the world. Um, I had a crazy experience yesterday, one that I had hoped I would be able to leave Taiwan without having. Um, we're doing online teaching, of course, for the the school that I work for here. Um, everyone is doing online classes now. And in the midst of a lesson on live video chat with my students, we had an earthquake. <laughs> um, it was <laughs> this bizarre, you know, just this such a weird uh, overlapping of experiences. We've actually had earthquakes before. Um, during classes, but always, you know, when we were at the school. Um, and even that is very weird because I am terrified of earthquakes. I hate them. I, I panic so much. So you're trying not to panic in front of your students because you're supposed to be the responsible adult, um, but you're still panicking internally. Um, and, you, you know, it's, it's always weird. Luckily, they've always been fairly short, so you don't have to wonder for too long about what you should be doing. Um, but this was just especially strange because I was in my own apartment. Um, and luckily it was at the beginning of class. So we were still just kind of waiting for everyone to join and chatting and things. And I, I sort of felt it. And I waited for a few seconds to make sure that it was real because I feel phantom earthquakes all the time. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I was like, okay, I definitely feel that. It is like fairly substantial. Um, so I was like, hey guys, do you feel the earthquake? And they were like, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, about fifth grade, I think, a couple of sixth graders. Um, for the next few seconds, we were just all kind of like, okay, okay, we still feel it. It's still going. <laughs> and I was just like, what, what do I do? Because normally... Um, I run and open my door and then I get under my desk. You open the door in case the building shifts. Um, you don't want your door to be jammed shut. Um, and then under the desk, of course, to protect yourself. But I was like, is it like, is it weird if I do that on video chat with my students? If I just suddenly disappear and get under my desk? Um, and then luckily it was, you know, it was over before I really had to make that decision. It didn't get very bad. I think it was a 4.9, um, a ways south in the island. And one of my students actually told me she had her camera off at the time. And she was like, teacher, I, I did. I, I got under my desk. I was like, you know what? That was the right decision. That was a smart thing. We all should have done that. I should have done that too, regardless of what it looked like or what it seemed like in the middle of online class. So that was a fun experience. I'm so glad I got to experience an earthquake in the middle of teaching during a pandemic. <laughs> Um, but what we are actually talking about today is hitting the road. We are going to dig into cheap flights and how to get them because with, you know, vaccinations rolling out around the world, um, I know people are starting to think about trips and travel and book things for later in the summer, um, I know that things are still really bad in a lot of places, and I mean, definitely here in Taiwan, they're the worst they've ever been this whole time. Um, so not everyone is out of the woods yet, and I understand that, but a lot of people in a lot of places can see travel on the horizon, finally! We've been waiting for this for a year and a half. It's so exciting. So 
when you are booking those um, tickets and reservations and everything, how do you make sure that you can find the cheapest flights around? And this is actually something that I am doing right now, not for vacation, but because um, I am going back to the States. I'm going to be leaving Taiwan, um, going back to the U.S. indefinitely at this point, doing some much needed like family catch up time and friends. And I would really love to, you know, see more of my own country. I would love to do some road trips and stuff. So I am moving back to the U.S. indefinitely, um, and then we'll see what happens next. But I've just started the process of looking for my flight home, and oh boy, it's been a doozy. I mean, actually, I I love searching for flights. For me, this is like the first step of knowing that you're going to travel is is starting to look for flights. So it's something that I really love, and I've actually... Um, done it for friends before. Like if they're going to come visit me or they're going to travel, um, I've been the one to find the ticket for them because, um, you know, they just don't enjoy it as much as I do. It's a process that I really like. So I do enjoy this. I was really bummed out. I mean, the pandemic has just thrown everything flying related. Like it's, it's just upended everything. So I was really disappointed when I started my initial searching, thinking like, hey, it's a one-way ticket. It's not round trip. It's bound to be, uh, you know, a little bit cheaper, only to find out that no, a one-way ticket right now is uh, the same price as the last time I flew round trip going home for Christmas a couple years ago. So that's been a bummer, but I still love the process of trying to find the cheapest flight with the most convenient layovers. Um, It's just like a puzzle to me to be solved, and I really enjoy it. So that is something, or this is something that I am personally embarking on right now. So I wanted to walk you through some of my favorite methods. I also did a lot of research for this because everyone has their own tricks and their own things that they do. Um, So this is a very comprehensive list of everything you could do to find the cheapest flight imaginable. Generally, you're probably going to pick and choose a couple of these things. You won't go through the entire list, but this is comprehensive. This is everything you could possibly check off to find the cheapest flight. The first thing I want to address is incognito on your computer. A lot of people say that websites will... Um, increase the prices if you search multiple times. So if you go to a site and, you know, look for a ticket um, and then maybe bounce around looking for some different ones or go to different places or you come back the next day and search again, they're going to remember you, remember your, you know, IP or cookies or whatever, and they're going to increase the prices because they know you want that that flight or that route. Um There's a lot of controversy about this. A lot of sites say this is absolutely not true. There's no evidence of this. And then a lot of other sites say, yes, this is true. I've experienced it, all that stuff. I don't take a hard line particularly on this. Um, I feel like it has happened to me, but it could also just be the natural fluctuation of prices. I mean, they do tend to increase the longer you wait. So... I don't know if it's true, but I do actually search in incognito mode, just in case, why not? It's as easy to click that as it is to open a new window. So I do that, I don't know if it's necessary. Um, It also just means that I'm not gonna get targeted ads for, (laughs) you know, a bunch of random flights. So yeah, 
I, I can't answer the incognito mystery for you, but I do use it just because, like I said, why not? So the first thing that is important to keep in mind when you're trying to find a cheap flight is flexibility. The more flexible you can be in your own plans, the more likely you are to find a really great deal. Um, so the first thing to think about are your dates. And again, this totally depends on the situation. Like a lot of times you have a very specific reason that you need to go somewhere or, you know, you do have specific times you can travel and there's nothing you can do about that. But if you can be flexible in the dates that you're going, um, the prices can vary dramatically, you know, from one week to the next or one part of the month to the next, even within the week itself. Uh, they're often cheaper in the midweek from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because uh, most people like to travel on the weekends. So if you can be flexible around your dates, you're more likely to find a better deal. And also with the flight time specifically, um, early morning and late night flights are generally cheaper, again, because no one wants to fly at that time. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a toss up. If if money is the big thing here, then absolutely go for the, you know, the, the red eyes, the early mornings, the late nights. Um, but if you'd rather pay for that convenience of getting in at a nicer time, um, then that's, you know, that's the juggling that you're going to do yourself. But just know that the less convenient times are probably going to be a little bit cheaper. One fantastic thing to be flexible in, if you can, is where you're going. Um, this is one of my favorite things when I've been confined by a schedule, like when I'm teaching, you know, and I have um, a couple weeks off for a holiday or something like that. And I don't have one specific place in mind that I want to go to. A lot of travel sites will let you search for like everywhere or anywhere. Um, you know, you put in your origin destination and just say, show me everything. And they'll give you like a map of the world <laughs> with flight prices to everywhere. Um, and that's just so much fun to me because you can find some really amazing deals Um and you might go to a place that you'd never considered before or somewhere more like off the beaten path. Um, and it's a great way to just be like spontaneous and find something really cool and not necessarily get um, trapped in places that you think you should go or you think you want to go or anything like that. For example, this is how I ended up in Copenhagen. <laughs> um, when I was living in Ireland, I was staying there on a tourist visa, which is not entirely legal, but there are loopholes that allow it to happen. And uh, I will tell you all about that in a future episode. But I had to do what is called a visa run, um, where you leave the country and you come back in and get a new stamp on your passport, which gives you another um, three months to stay there. And again, it's like not strictly, well, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into that in a future episode. Um, so I had to leave the country um, and come back in. So I had like, you know, a few days where I needed to go somewhere. And yeah, I just ended up in Copenhagen because that was the most convenient flight. It was the cheapest price. Um, I didn't have anywhere specific in mind that I wanted to go or needed to go. And it was fantastic. It was like a wonderful, I think like three or four days that I spent there. And then I also went to Sweden at the same time. Um, and it's not necessarily somewhere that I would have gone 
um, otherwise. You know, if I had picked a destination based on like what came to mind first or popularity or something like that, I'm I'm sure I would have had an equally great time because you know me. (laughs) I love anywhere that I go. I love, you know, I love traveling anywhere. Um, But Copenhagen is not necessarily where I would have ended up, except that I was flexible in where I wanted to go. And it was a fantastic um, weekend there. Again, you can be flexible with the airports that you're flying out of. You know, sometimes cities have multiple airports and one of them is a little bit smaller or something like that. Um, or if there's a nearby city, you could fly into a different place and maybe factor in like a bus ride or a train ride or a rental car or something like that. And depending on how you juggle all of that, it might end up being a lot cheaper. Um, this is something that I'm currently working on as well when I fly home because my family lives in a very, very small town <laughs> that is far away from most airports. Um, It's actually closest to two regional airports. Both of them are super small. The kind of thing where like, you know, there's one gate um, and security is like one one x-ray, one person standing there. There's never a line. It's fantastic. Um, But I'm just juggling, you know, do I fly into one of those regional airports, which would be um, a longer trip? It would probably be another leg to the flight with another layover, but it would be more convenient in terms of getting home Or do I fly into the larger destination, um, which would probably be an easier flight, maybe a little bit cheaper. My parents would have to drive further to pick me up. So there's all of these factors that you can play with on your own trip um, to try to figure out what the best option is, whether that's strictly the cheapest or the most convenient or something like that. Uh, But again, being flexible with your dates and the airports or the cities that you fly into Um, and things like that. And then also, in terms of timing, um, is it the the peak season or the off season for where you want to go? So if you can choose the off season for where you're traveling, things are probably going to be a lot cheaper. And not just the flights, but also the Um, your accommodations and, you know, like maybe tours or anything you want to do there is probably going to be a lot more reasonable as well. And there's also going to be far fewer people and far fewer tourists. In my case, when I was living in the Czech Republic, I traveled to Greece for Christmas with a friend. And the peak season for Greece is June, July, and August. So Christmas was definitely the off season. But it was it was perfect. The whole the whole experience was totally charming. I mean, Greece during Christmas time is gorgeous and lovely and there were lights and festivals and all this really cool stuff. Um, and, you know, where we stayed was really inexpensive. And I, I think I remember the flights being very reasonable and everything. And the whole, it was basically devoid of people. <laughs> there were like no people there. You know, which can be a cool experience to go to famous destinations, you know, into the Parthenon and there were no crowds um, and all, you know, the Greek islands and things like that. And it was just completely empty except for the locals. And we got to meet more people than we would have otherwise um, really got to know like the woman who ran our um, like Airbnb where we stayed. So that was really, really fun. And just to give you an example, um, 
because obviously <laughs> different seasons all around the world, different places have different peak seasons. So if you want to go to New Zealand, their off season is their winter. But because they're in the Southern Hemisphere, their winter is like June through August, um, which could be like a prime summer vacation travel time for a lot of people in the US or Europe or just the Northern <laughs> um, Hemisphere in general. So choosing to go to a place when not everyone else in the world is also going to want to be there can bring down the cost of, like I said, not just the flights, but everything dramatically. So that's sort of the theme for this first series of tips is flexibility. Can you adjust things to not necessarily do the norm? Um, And you're probably going to find more deals and just more variation in cost. The second theme for these tips is creativity. Um, And this is where things get really like puzzly, like I was saying, with putting a flight together or making an itinerary. Direct flights are more expensive. That's just, you know, usually that is true. Um, So if you can find a direct flight to a nearby city that's less expensive than where you want to go to, then potentially you could hop a budget flight or take a bus or a train or something to your final destination. Um, One of my favorite travel people, (laughs) Nomadic Matt, used the example that it's often cheaper to fly direct to London and then take a budget flight to Amsterdam than it is to fly direct to Amsterdam. So again, that's also just kind of being flexible Um, with your airports or your destinations. You don't necessarily need to go directly to where you want to go. And this is how I ended up in Iceland. (laughs) And Iceland is, I feel like it's really um, becoming more popular in recent years. People are realizing how cool it is. So it was not ever a place that had really crossed my radar. Like, I don't want to say I didn't want to go there. It just never really occurred to me. But I was flying from Boston to Dublin, and I realized that most of the flights from Boston had layovers in Iceland. And I was like, well, if I'm going to spend two hours in Iceland, why don't I spend two days in Iceland? And I did some more searching, and I realized that if I split the trip in two, um, it was actually cheaper than buying a direct flight all the way to Dublin. Um And so like, yes, once you added in my accommodations and all the activities that I did there and food and everything like that, of course it was more expensive, but the flight itself was still a lot less expensive and I got to have an amazing experience in January in Iceland, which um, January in Iceland is very dark and very cold, but it was still really cool. It just had that like... I remember thinking that I felt like I was on top of the world. You know, even though there are more northerly places that you can go, I just, like, the the isolation and the cold and the dark just really made me feel like I was literally standing on top of the world. And I also remember thinking that it felt the most different of any place that I'd ever been. It just had a different quality to it. Um, than anywhere I had ever traveled before, which was amazing. I would love to go back. And I would love to go back in summertime to experience the differences. <laughs> um, that's not an experience I would have had except for trying to figure out how to get the cheapest flight <laughs> from Boston to Dublin. So yeah, get get creative with with how you plan things. And related to that, you can actually book connecting flights separately. Um 
So again, it can often be cheaper to fly one airline to the layover and then a different airline to your final destination. But when you're searching for flights, most sites are not going to show you that. They're only going to show you individual airlines and their partners. Um, So you could do your own research with this and put a flight together yourself. But Kiwi.com is a flight booking site that will cobble together these different flights on multiple different airlines for you. Um, So Kiwi.com is great for that. But also, if you're doing this yourself, make sure you think about layover time. The rule of thumb is three hours that you need between flights. Um, So don't give yourself like 30 minutes, 45 minutes to get from one flight to another. It's probably not going to be enough. Uh, But also, you don't want to be at an airport, you know, at least I don't, (laughs) for eight, nine, ten hours for a layover. So just think about that if you're putting together different flights, um, because usually the flight booking site will do that for you. Another thing kind of similar to this, but it has its own name, is hidden city ticketing, which is (laughs) sometimes you can find tickets that have your destination as a layover stop on a longer flight or a longer ticket, and it's actually cheaper to book that longer ticket um, with your destination as a layover than it is to book direct to your destination. So for example, if you want to find fly to Prague, you might find a better deal on a flight to Berlin that connects in Prague than a flight directly to Prague. So you would think like, hey, let's just book the flight to Berlin, get off the plane in Prague, and never take that final leg of my flight. Technically, you can do that. Um, I will say right up front, this is very risky. I've never done it. Um, It sounds great. I mean, I feel like if the circumstances were right, I'm not against doing it. But it's really risky, first of all, just in the practical sense. If you've checked your luggage, your luggage is going to go to the final destination. So it would be best to do this if you're traveling with carry-on bags only. Um... And there's always a chance that you might not actually be let off the plane at your layover. Um, If it's a very short layover and the same aircraft is continuing on, sometimes they just keep people on the plane unless you need to get off or, you know, it's in your ticket that you need to get off. Um, So you might not actually be getting off the plane and then you're going to end up in Berlin or some other place that you didn't actually want to go to. Um, The more serious risky part of it is that airlines are completely against this and there might be repercussions for you for not completing your ticket. Um, the, The simplest one is that if it's a round trip ticket, they might cancel your return flight. So then you wouldn't have your return flight, Um, which this all seems so mushy to me because people miss flights all the time for real reasons. So how can they prove that you didn't just miss your connecting flight? But still, uh, there's lots of examples out there of people who've done this and airlines have revoked their, you know, their their status for whatever their um, membership is or taken away their frequent flyer miles or their points or something like that. Lufthansa actually sued someone. They like pursued legal action against someone who did this. So... It is risky for many reasons. Airlines don't like it. They might try to punish you. But 
If you feel like it, there is a website for this. It's called Skip Lagged, and it's a site that puts together these hidden city tickets for you in an effort to find the cheapest way to get to where you're going. But again, I have told you that uh, this might end badly, and I am not officially recommending it. Um, The final way to be creative to find a cheaper flight is to see if it's cheaper to pay in a different currency. I've never done this intentionally, but because I book flights all over the world, um, I do have to pay in other currencies sometimes. So if the site will let you, it's possible that with the currency conversion, it would be a lot cheaper, but you also have to make sure that your credit card is not going to charge you a fee for a different currency or is compatible um, with that other currency. So you do want to look into some details with your own bank or your own credit card, um, but with that conversion, that can make it cheaper as well. The next sort of general piece of advice, we had um, be flexible, be creative, and now we have be thorough. So don't just do one search and like find the first ticket or buy the first ticket you see or even the cheapest of the first 10 tickets you see. Search multiple different websites. My go-to sites are Skyscanner and Mamondo. I actually don't know how to say it out loud because I've never said it. I always type it. Um, Mamondo, Mamondo, M-O-M-O-N-D-O. Google Flights is also great. Kiwi, uh, which I mentioned before. So cross-reference, do different searches. Again, do different, uh, use different sites, put in different dates, all that stuff to see what actually is the best ticket or what is the best date and all of that. Set price alerts. You don't need to buy. I mean, hopefully if you're doing this in advance, you don't need to buy right away. So set a price alert. Most sites will allow you to do this so you'll get emails um, you know, daily or weekly or when the price goes up or down, that can be a good way to track things. Um, I saw this recommendation, I haven't done this, but follow airlines on social media. Apparently they will post sales there uh, first, or, you know, if you're just following them there, you'll find out about things. So that can be a good way to just get in um, earlier or when things are less expensive or something like that. And now, Budget airlines. We are going to talk in an entire podcast about budget airlines because they are an institution and how to get around their extra fees and what is and isn't included and just the general experience of flying on a budget airline flight is something that we're going to dig into. Uh, but again, it's right there in the name. Like they're <laughs> they're going to have cheaper tickets probably. Um, I use them a lot in Europe and Asia. I find that it's just more common there and the price difference between a budget airline and a standard airline is much more dramatic in Europe, for example, than it is in the US. The classic one is Ryanair. <laughs> Good old Ryanair could get you between European cities for you know as little as 10 or 15 euro. Um, you may be paying up to like 30 or 40 or 50 if you were going on a longer trip in Europe or traveling at a really popular time. But generally, like, I remember a lot of the flights I was searching for in Europe ended up being like 17 to 25 euro. Um, 
And again, I don't know the currency conversion right off my head. I haven't looked it up for euro in a really long time. So it's going to be a little bit more in U.S. dollars, but I don't think that much. Um, I'm more focused on the Taiwan dollar right now than the euro. Um, So again, Ryanair is the classic one that people talk about, but there are so many now. There's you know, Euro Wings, Jet2, Wiz, um, just so many more. And in Asia, there's Air Asia, there's Jetstar, Peach, Tiger Air, just so many. Um, I've heard that Australia and New Zealand have Jetstar, but I haven't been to either of those countries yet, unfortunately. The budget airlines in the U.S., like I said, I think there's There's a little bit less of a difference between budget and standard in the U.S. than there is in other parts of the world. Um, And there, you know, there's reasons for that that I did find when I was searching for this information about regulations and things like that. But there are budget airlines in the U.S. You know, there's Southwest, JetBlue, Frontier, Spirit, um, and they are going to be a little bit less expensive than some of your standard airlines. And then in terms of timing, Everyone is going to have their own, um, you know, what they say is the the optimal time to book your ticket ahead of your trip. It's impossible to tell. I mean, generally, two to three months ahead can be good. I I do it a little bit less just because I'm generally not planning trips two to three months out unless they're very serious, um, long journeys or something. Um You probably want to give yourself as much time as possible just so you can do that thorough searching and see if the flights are drastically increasing or sort of holding steady or something like that. You don't want to wait till the last minute. Sometimes you can find a really great deal at the last minute, but generally not. Usually um, rates go up as as time goes on. But also, like, booking super far in advance doesn't usually score the best price either. Uh, you don't want to do it, like, six months ahead of time because I feel like at that point, the the prices haven't even had a chance to fluctuate, so they're just really high. Um, so again, like, two months, I would say maybe six weeks, but two to three months is what I read. I also saw that the website CheapAir.com did a study and found that for U.S. domestic flights, the best time to book was 47 days in advance, which is very specific. But for international flights, it fluctuated from 46 to 318 days in advance. So really, there's no uh, there's no magic code for that. You just have to do what's best for your own planning, it seems like. So just to go back over our main points, we had number one, incognito mode, totally up to you. Um, Doesn't seem like there's any real proof either way. Number two, flexibility. Try to mix up your dates and your flight times and even your destinations to find the best deal. Um, Travel on the off season. Creativity. Make sure you are creative in how you put your flight together. Don't just buy from one city to the next. See if you can mix it up with different layovers or different destinations to find the least expensive flight. Book your connecting flights separately. Maybe try hidden city ticketing if living on the edge is your jam. Be thorough in your searching. Don't just try one website or one airline. Search multiple places in many different ways. Set price alerts. Don't discount, (laughs) discount, no pun intended. Don't discount the budget airlines. They can be fantastic. And book two to three months in advance of your trip so you have plenty of time to find the best deal and the best process that fits what you're looking for. 
I just said that in what my students call my Siri voice or my flight attendant voice. Um, All right. So in general, I would say to sum all of that up, the takeaway is do the opposite of what most people do and be flexible. You know, travel at the different times, go to the different places on the different seasons um, and just be flexible and creative in how you search for it. And you can find some really great deals out there. And you might end up in a place that you had never considered um, just because there was a fantastic deal that was offered to um, that city or that country, and it can be an amazing experience. So we're actually going to talk flights again next week as well, because like I said, it's the time people are booking things, we are getting ready to travel. So I want to talk about how to make it through a long haul flight. Also, because I'm going to be flying back to the States soon, which means I'm probably going to need my own advice, uh, because usually I have at least a 12-hour flight as one of the legs, Um, and that's not fun. But it is totally doable, and you can survive it and keep your sanity and all that good stuff. So that's what we're going to get into next time. Now, tell me, are there any tips for finding cheap flights that I have missed? Um, We didn't get into, you know, credit card points or using your miles or all of that. To me, that's a different topic. We will talk about that in the future. But do you have any secret techniques for finding the best deals that I did not mention? I would love to know them. Please share them. You can send them to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. And I cannot wait to talk more flights and more travel with you next time.